Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? My name is Kenem. Joining me for this illustrious show is the one and only Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And joining us in studio is your coach. It is my coach. It is the coach, Coach Duffy. Hello, everybody. If I seem a little distracted, it is because there is PLL playoffs on right now that I'm watching. Yes. But I am here. He is here in spirit. He is here physically, mentally. <laughs> mentally might be in and out, but we'll, I'll do my best. We'll do it live. We do it live, and we do it each and every week for you, so definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all our social media links and so much more at OchoDuroParlayHour.com. And remember to join in that conversation with the hashtag ODPH. If we are talking sports, the biggest sports story of the week is the NBA is back in mm-hmm. full swing. Yep. No more preseason Per se. Per se. I, I kind of want to throw a Friday into that, but hey, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll definitely jump into that. So basketball is back in swing. The Lakers have clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference. Gentlemen, Shocking. your thoughts on the return of the NBA thus far? Uh, it's been a little sloppy so far. I mean, uh, but it's been it's been fun to have basketball back. I mean, I think they're, they're, the environment's fun. Uh, the uh, play-by-play and the color and everything, you know, that's been uh, – the energy's been there. So it's a little bit different than the other sports where, you know, uh, hockey's been a little quieter for the their arenas and everything. But, like, mm-hmm. the NHL with the or the NBA with the fans in the background, the virtual fans, like, it's a good look. It looks good. It looks better yeah. than the cardboard cutouts. Um, but the sloppy play has been there. I mean, uh, Jeff Van Gundy talked about last night on the Lakers broadcast – uh, 51 fouls mm-hmm. per game right now, mm-hmm. which is up from the usual average of 41. Sure. And a lot of them have been contested three-point shots in the corner. Sure. Which Van Gundy was like, as you know, a former head coach, cringing at. Sure. So, you know, that, as far as that goes, a little bit sloppy. Uh, obviously had the barn burner of a game with the Mavericks and Rockets the other day, Holy which was wow. wicked exciting. Of 100, a game. 153 to 149, and that ended in overtime. And it is not a video game. No. Not a, not at all. And I mean, just offense. You know, I mean, yeah. and t- and they. You know, what's crazy is too is that they were playing solid defense. I mean, the since the Rockets have been back, they've actually been playing pretty well defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, you know telling uh, game. The Lakers obviously look great. They had that one hiccup. Uh, the other day in that loss to uh, Toronto, Toronto, but Toronto's also won the last 12 games against them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've seemed to have the Lakers number right now. I mean, they match up well because of their length with the Lakers. So, I mean, when you talk about size versus size, you know, you have that. But all in all, though, the Lakers look good. The Bucks look good. They had a bad loss today to the Nets, but obviously Giannis didn't play in the second half. So, you know that that's not something that you need to go in the playoffs worrying about, and right. you know. And then the Pelicans have been exciting to watch and fun. Zion's getting more minutes, so it's been fun. No, it's definitely good to have you know basketball back and sports in general back, just because right before everything shut down, my brother-in-law had the wherewithal because we all remember that was right around Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother-in-law had the wherewithal to say, hey, why don't we go out for Mother's Day this weekend? Because I, it's not entirely certain everything's going to be open next weekend. So we went out for Mother's Day a week early, and this might seem confusing, but follow me. 
uh, went out to dinner uh, for Mother's Day a week before Mother's Day, and I'm sitting at a, at a sports bar, you know, a local sports bar, and you know, at that point, everything, all this, none of the sports were running. Like they were showing, uh, one of the ESPN channels was showing a Kevin Durant college basketball game so that you know that game had to be 10 plus years old you mean a high school game no no this was back when he was in texas oh durant you know i was thinking kevin garnett for some reason my bad so they were showing a kevin durant basketball game from like 10 plus years ago so i'm going holy crap this is insane flash forward to just a couple of days ago you know i went out to my the same place with my girlfriend and there was the nba you know granted it it was that and on like almost every television and then horse racing on one of the other ones but still it was something that was live it was new it's it's just great to see it on tv and also got to say with especially with the nba glad to see doris burke back on tv especially especially for the burn she had on tv the other (laughs) night uh i like to be right just ask my ex-husband she says Incredible. Uh-huh. Doris Burke is one of a kind. I will say this. Since the NBA has come back, they it, I don't want to say it feels normal, mm. but it definitely has that illusion to it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they set up – what they set up at Disney and, and the facilities that they have there is like – it's almost like kind of cool. It's, yeah. It's, you know, like – It's different, but it's not – weird right it's not like whatever basketball tournament they have that's in the caribbean at like the the at, at palace or atlantis or whatever the heck the thing is called where it's in a ballroom and it's got that blue lighting and it just looks weird yeah every year they play there this is so obviously not an nba arena that like it's pain it's not painfully obvious but it's blatantly obvious but it's not weird it kind of feels natural yeah no i have to agree like watching it from home it definitely has that feel to it mm-hmm. and, and like i say how they have the um digital fans yeah. in, in the stadium. I, I think it's a nice touch. And just the sense of the play is back. The players mm-hmm. are starting to get back into the swing of things. They give the home team that kind of home yeah. home court feel, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, it's just something about it that watching it, it definitely has that sense of normalcy to it. And, like, I hate saying it, but under the current state of times that we are in, it's the easiest way to describe mm-hmm. it. And to see that we're now talking – of a league back up and running, mm-hmm. and they haven't had any issues knocking on whatever I can knock on. Yeah, they've been tremendous. They've yeah. been absolutely setting the standard for how a sports league should be running <clears throat> right now. PLL. Uh, well, PLL is <clears throat> up there too. Yeah. Okay. But I figure Thanks. I, I, I got to give you your due when it comes. Yeah. No, no, just don't want you to forget. You know, they, they've been doing it too. You know, no, between the PL, <laughs> between the PLL, the NBA, and NHL, I mean, they've all been setting a very high standard th- of how to do yeah, this. Yeah, I thought I saw somewhere the NBA has had 368 tests, players, you know, players, organization, staffs, and everything, and not one positive. Yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and that's on the players. Yeah, because. They easily, I mean, Lou Williams, you know, going to get his chicken wings and all that stuff, you know, and all this <laughs> yeah. other, all these other things, like you know, the accountability that they're holding themselves to, and I mean, obviously there are players who elected to stay home, which you know is their choice, you absolutely. Know, so it's fine, and then there's players who went, who you know may may have also left, you know, the bubble after mm-hmm. being quarantined. I know Zion Williamson had some. Uh, family things that he had to take care of during this, you know, but he went home, took care of business, didn't, you know, come back with a positive test, you know, so obviously outside of the bubble, they've been holding themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. So good on them, you know, I mean, they're they're doing the things that they need to do yeah. to make sure that this t- goes off smoothly. Yeah, fully agree about that. And you can definitely tell when they're on the court, it's back to business. Mm-hmm. Like the COVID shadow that is looming overhead is gone. Sure. And is now back to basics. Let's get on the court. Let's play. And as a fan watching, 
it's so refreshing to see. Well, and I, I think part of that you got to attribute to just kind of the way things went down and, yeah. and, and how things cascaded because they were the, we all know they were in the middle of their season and it just got stopped on a dime mm-hmm. with you know the outbreak and rushing around. And we all remember how crazy that night was. So I think that coupled with just some common sense on their part, you know, kind of led to, hey, if we don't do this right, we saw what happened, you know, the first time around where, the, where whatever the guy was, you know, got it. Oh, Rudy Gobert? Gobert got it and then started touching all of the mics and, yeah. and everything else. They saw firsthand because, you know, they're all friendly. They all chat, even though some more than others. You know, they saw firsthand what will happen if we don't do what we need to with this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. They've done things the right way. And when, now the story is shifting from, oh, no, what are they going to do with COVID is to, oh, no, what are they going to do on the court? Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing some really great basketball, yeah. albeit if you were a fan of offense, not defense, like we touched Good upon. Lord. It's it seems like a video game at times. Well, yeah, that's the thing is Friday. It felt like we were watching a whole bunch of all-star games. I forget the exact wording of the right but there was like some sort of record set for like the average points scored in the games or something uh you can look it up on your own but it's just suffice to say of the one two three four five six games that took place on friday the lowest score scored by a team was 112 of points and that was from both washington and boston yeah uh, well i just think what you're seeing is fresh legs yeah i, agree. Oh, I, yeah. I mean honestly yeah it's it's a little bit of that coupled with the fact that you know maybe the conservative, uh, the uh, conserving energy on defense a little bit, one, you know, might be a thing. One could say they're coming off of four months of load management. Yeah, a little bit. Very for much. Sure. No, for sure. I mean, you can definitely you you've seen it with LeBron that first game. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, he was definitely playing with peak energy. Even last night against the Utah Jazz, you know, a couple, you know, he had that big block um, on Mike Connolly. So you can just you see that these guys are playing with more energy. You know, Giannis has, uh, was two for three from three today. Mm-hmm. And the other day against the Rockets had a step back three. You know, I mean, this is Giannis, a guy who, you know, teams would leave open. Mm-hmm. You know, now is taking step back threes and hitting them. So that's, I mean, so these are the things, though, that these players have changed in order to be more efficient. You know, I mean, James Harden, the Rockets, obviously running that wide open set now, um, not limiting space and everything, and Harden's able to get it to the rim. Russell Westbrook uh, has been shooting at a higher clip too. So it's just these players are just being more efficient with the things that they're good at, and it's because of the fact that they've had this time off. Mm-hmm. No, I fully agree with that. And you can definitely tell when you look at the standings right now, too. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. Pat, you got them in front of you? Yeah, so uh, as we record, Stan- Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee is still in first place. You've got Toronto in second place. Boston, Miami, and Indiana are in three, four, and five, respectively. Uh, then you've got the Philadelphia 76ers in the sixth place. Uh, and then Orlando, Brooklyn, and Washington still fighting for that last spot. Uh, and then on the flip side to the Western Conference, uh, the Lakers are in first place and have clinched, as we mentioned, uh, second, third, and fourth are the Clippers, Nuggets, and Rockets. Fifth, sixth, and seventh, you have the Jazz, Thunder, and Mavericks. And then you've got the Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, and Suns still going in that order. Any big surprises so far that would you say on the court? I mean, I, honestly, for the East, just the fact that there's so I mean, there's so limited teams that were able to still be invited to the bubble because they weren't within the four games mm-hmm. that you're going to see an abysmal, pathetic, if I if I may, sure, Nets team. Sure, sure, I mean, this Nets team today played without Levert, played without Jared Allen, and played without Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, all right, they upset the Bucks, but they didn't, again, have Giannis in the second half. Right, so, you know, right. calm down. But, I mean, this team has no business 
being in the playoffs, you know, let alone being able to sneak in as an eighth seed just because, well, sure. the other teams weren't in within four games. I mean, Washington's playing well for, you know, all things considered, but again, they have the same. But this is the this has been the narrative with the NBA, you know, for years, especially yeah. um, prior to LeBron coming, um, you know, into the NBA. The East was always second fiddle, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and you see that right now. I mean, how many teams did you list for the West? A lot. Like 14 of them, you well, know? I, I mean, the list of who's not in the playoffs for the Western Conference is shorter. It's two teams, yeah. Minnesota and Golden State. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, normally Golden State would have been there, you know, yeah. so they would have had another team there Yeah, had Golden State had a normal year. So it just goes to show that, you know, the the as bad as the Nets have been, you know, good for them making the playoffs. You know, I'm sure that their fan base will be excited. What is whatever their fan base is, you know, these uh, Knicks fans that jumped off the bandwagon. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's tough. It's just frustrating, you know, being a Knicks fan, just seeing that yeah. the fact that this bad Brooklyn team is there, you know. I will have something that will cheer you up, though. Uh-oh. Uh, fr- a friend of our show here, Mike Francesca. Okay. First, oh, first, first time, time long, long time. time. First time long time. Tweet it out. Can't make a big deal about the Nets upset when the Bucks were seriously restricting minutes. <laughs> Salute to you, sir. He gets it. He gets it. No, and then, I mean, as far as the West goes, it's wicked exciting. I mean, the West is, you know, going to come down to the final days here of Mm -hmm. this, of what's left of the playoffs. And, I mean, it's anybody's game. I mean, literally Houston could go from the 60th 60th that they are right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. up to the third seed. Or they could fall all the way to eighth. I mean, it's all just yeah. it's it's such a, a uh, imbalance of, of talent. And then obviously the top teams in the East got to feel comfortable. I mean, if I'm Milwaukee and I'm seeing that the Nets are our first round series, I'm definitely okay. Giannis, we don't need you to or and Eric Bledsoe just coming off of injury. I mean, he sat out the last two games with lower back issues. We don't need you to log these big minutes because we are going to take it to the Nets. You yeah. know, I mean. So I think that's kind of the surprising thing, and and it's frustrating as a Knicks fan not being able to see them play, and I've said it a million times, and I'll probably say it a million fucking more. I'm not happy that the Knicks aren't there, but um, but I am excited to see where this goes, though, because I would love to see Memphis in the playoffs. I would love to see the Pelicans sneak in there. You know, these are the things that I'm excited about. Upsets like, you know, Brooklyn beating Milwaukee on paper, it's like, oh, sure, it's surprising. But I think the other thing we got to remember is, yeah, these guys are in the middle of the season, but they also haven't played together for like four months. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no amount of practice or scrimmage games is any real substitute for playing an actual live game. So you're going to see games like this where surprise team beats a team that they, should have just steamrolled them. It's to be expected. I mean, unless it's the Lakers because well, they're, they're clicking. I mean, J.R. Smith looks like he's been on that roster from training camp on. Yeah, you know? I was going to say the biggest surprises or takeaways from the early week thus far. One, Toronto playing at such a high level. Not that – we, watching them throughout the season, didn't really think they were going to carry it, but they are really setting a, t- a good tempo that if I'm Milwaukee or one of the higher seeds that are in the you know 1-4 through four spot, I don't want to face them in a deep round. No, I mean, Siakam versus Giannis is not a matchup that Milwaukee wants to see. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Siakam's going to be able to lock him down. I mean, that's what he does defensively. He's just long and tall and can give – you know, he'd be able to give Giannis problems. Yeah, fully agree. So Toronto really coming out and having that statement win over the Lakers was huge, absolutely huge. And I think a lot of people might have thought, okay, well, they came off such an emotional high beat in the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think Toronto can really hang with the Lakers. And I think that – if that is your finals, that's going to be a fun series oh, too. Yeah. But still, a lot more basketball will be played in between then. 
But coming out of the West, though, I think the other big story was the Lakers and how sharp they came right out game one against the Clippers. LeBron looked like a man possessed. Anthony Davis is really making a strong case for an MVP-type run. Mm -hmm. And just how they sealed the deal to clinch to get the number one seed, Anthony Davis had, what, 42 points? Yeah, and I think like 14 rebounds. Yeah, some absurd stat line. They are looking like the team to beat. And I know we were saying the Clippers, too. That's your one-two. But you can't sleep on Houston either. That was one of the bigger surprises, uh-huh. how they've come back. Yeah, because, I mean, that game against they had against Milwaukee, yeah. I mean, James Harden was covering Giannis down the stretch. And for as much shit as he gets for playing defense, you know, maybe a little lackadaisical. Yeah. I mean, he was the go-to defender, not P.J. Tucker, you know, on Giannis down the stretch. Yeah, that was such a wild thing to see because if you know anything about James Harden and the Mike D'Antoni-led Houston Rockets or any Mike D'Antoni-led team, uh-huh. they are not known for defense. No. I, I mean, I mean, listen. A they, hand goes up maybe. Yeah, but. I mean, they. it's not that they're not known for defense. It's just his emphasis is on, you know, the time of, you know, his possessions. Yeah. More possessions equals more points, you know. I mean, so when you talk about that from an efficiency standpoint, that makes sense, you know. It definitely does. But just to see how they've really stepped their game up, mm-hmm. I, and I'm very surprised and uh, happily surprised as a fan to see this because with Houston, you really weren't sure what we were going to get. Like, I love no. watching the small ball. Yeah, I love it. It's oh, great. It's it's crazy. I mean, no, this has been so so much fun to watch. And like yeah. you say, I mean, this is not something for any defensive purist by any means. Any of the no, games. God, no, I no. mean, I yeah. love I love the fact that they just say, you know what, we've got five on the court versus your five, and no, it's you know, it's true positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. They switch on every pick. They switch on every screen. You know, and yeah, it creates matchups where maybe James Harden starts out covering Eric Bledsoe, and all of a sudden, you know, Houston runs a pick and roll. They don't fight to hedge the screen or fight over or fight under it. They're just going to switch. Yeah. And yeah, all right, that might create defensive matchups that, you know, there's some mismatchups, but at the same time, it almost creates an advantage because now they don't have to try to fight over the screen where a guy might get caught and give up an easy pick and roll basket. That's the reason for the switch, you know? Right. Yeah, no, it definitely is. So much fun from the basketball season thus far. Until they run into Denver, and then they run against that big lineup where Bull, where Bull, Bull. <laughs> they got you know Bull Bull playing small forward, uh-huh. and what's his fate? The Joke uh, Jokic Jokic playing point guard. Yeah. You know, I mean that's the thing that you don't want to see. Denver is just such. A, they're an anomaly, man. Yeah. So Aren't they're, they something? They're, they're in the front court and they're doing half court press. Yeah, yeah. they are just such a an, a unique team to oh, watch. Oh man, they are a unicorn. Yeah, I mean not to take Przingis's nickname because no. he's a bum. We will steal but that. Yeah, no, we will I take mean, it. We will take it from him. They are. They're so fun. I love what Bull Bull's doing right now. I mean, the fact that he fell to the second round and is just torturing teams right now yeah just absolutely taking it to them denver is a sleeper team to watch i know they're the third seed but a lot of people really are not giving them a lot of credit not at all not at all and because they do everything they just do it under the radar yeah i mean everybody's talking about bull bull but it's not just him it's Jokic, it's Millsap who's still playing at a high level you know michael porter jr where he's gotten his minutes has played well too so i mean they're murray you know they definitely are a really good team they're a good team that is just really flying under the radar not saying that they couldn't sneak into a final game. Uh, oh, the for sure. Oh, yeah. They definitely could. Just nobody's really talking about it. I mean, everybody's so focused on the Lakers because they're coming in just playing at such a dominant level right now. Well, and you ha- that's the storyline. You have to right. because they have LeBron, you know? Oh, absolutely. But to, you know, to really forget about the other teams in the West, I mean, this is why, love it or hate it, there was 13 teams invited to the dance for the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's kind of crazy to think of that amount, but even your last place uh, AC that you're having the fight between Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, the Pelicans, Sacramento, and Phoenix. I mean, on paper, one team is going to stand out above the rest, but still, the six of them fighting for that last spot is going to be a real good storyline. Meanwhile, in the East, you've got the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, you can just hit the snooze alarm for that one. <laughs> I mean, that's why I say the Eastern Conference is so weak in comparison. The West is where you got to watch, and then for the like for the teams fighting for that last spot. I know Memphis is not came out strong out of the gate. Shout out to the East Coast Avengers podcast. I know that they hurt, you know, hearing that, but they've been in every game too. I mean, there's so many different storylines you can take away and from this. They got a really young core. That I mean, this right now that that's the thing though. That and this is what frustrates me with the Knicks is that you know we've got, you know R.J. Barrett and Frank. They've got such a young, dynamic group that, like, this, these games, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, these games would be tons of experience as far as high playoff pressure atmosphere, you know, win and go, you know, win and stay, lose and go home. That Memphis, you know, New Orleans, that these young teams with young cores, they're all developing this, you know, that fight or flight type of response to these type of games that, you know, the experience that they gain going into years from now, you know, going into next year and the years after, it's only going to help. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. Zion Williamson's only, and Lonzo and Brandon Ingram are only learning from this stuff. You know, I mean, to the point where if I'm the Knicks and I'm watching Brandon Ingram play and I know he's a restricted free agent, I'm tossing him the max. Yeah. Well, you have to think about that that the teams sitting home are watching how these teams are playing right now. And when it comes to the offseason, I mean, honestly, in this case, I hate saying it, but whenever that is, they're going to be really eyeing who's stepping their games up. Sure. And for a team like the Knicks, who definitely are going to be making some moves, I'm not saying that just being a fan, but when you have a new head coach in there, a new front office that has really made some big moves this offseason, that is one big area they're going to try finding. Now, is there, are they going to land a max contract for you know, a, a superstar, or are they going to just really be careful with their money this season? That's another storyline we're going to have. I mean, I at the, at the minimum, I just toss the max at Ingram and force New Orleans to match it. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to at least force their hand because Ingram's earning a max contract, you know, and it's like we said a year and a half ago when that trade originally went down. Him separating from LeBron is going to be the best thing that happened in his career because oh, he's going to be able to flourish. Um, you know, and not to mention the leadership that they have with J.J. Redick, like, you know, and then Jay Morant, you know, being able to, you know, lead a team into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I just, this is invaluable as far as experience goes. Oh, fully agree. It's so frustrating. Oh, man. It's frustrating to see when your team's outside looking in, and and granted, like, how they set this up, it's a little I mean, these are are minutes that R.J., you know, Barrett is being robbed right now. And uh, and the fact that they're not going to give the other eight teams, you know, the the practice bubble, letting them work on their stuff is even more. I know I'm going on a fucking tangent, but I'm sorry. I'm a Knicks fan, so it is what it is. I just – it's absurd to me. You know, it's just – it's ridiculous the fact that, all right, I know you want to limit it to keep player safety, but – you know, these other teams are at a huge competitive disadvantage. Oh, I agree with huge. you. Huge. That would be like, okay, in college football, the SEC says, you know what, because what's going – and sorry, this is what's going on in the world. So because the South opened up earlier, okay, the, you know, the Southern states, the Floridas, the Alabamas and everything, that would be like the SEC saying, all right, well, because those states are open, we're going to allow our college teams to be able to, you know, have their early enrollment so they can have all this extra practice time. But then you've got, you know, like the New York schools, you know, uh, New Jersey schools. Oh, no, 
we're not going to allow you to enroll early because we have restrictions, yeah. right? So now Syracuse and all those schools behind. Meanwhile, the SEC has this an additional two weeks of practice and everything. It's, I mean, it's just the competitive imbalance is absurd. The imbalance is absurd, though, I, and I, I, <sighs> I fully get your point too, because I mean, college football and how they're set up. Right, I'm just right giving it. Right, I'm right, giving right, it right. A, a perspective because some people won't get what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, right. it's just the you know, okay, I know our you know Barrett played a, a three fourths of the season. However, the stuff that they're doing in Disney matters. You know, yeah. you can't get game experience by scrimmaging. You get game experience by playing games. No, no, I fully agree with you. I mean, it's just it's tough to compare, but I do. Use, I see your point though, because with how college football is and compared to the NBA and how they've set up, I mean, it's almost apples to oranges. It's still all produce, right? But the point is, <laughs> it's still it, all produce. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like that. It, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, but it's just it's as it, a it's, Knicks fan, you you if you're not just like, you know, you don't get it, you know. Oh, absolutely. But it's just one of those situations that the NBA at the time felt they made the right decision. Sure. I do I do agree with you, though. I think the teams that are not involved should get a little practice time. Should get something. Should get something. something. Or even let them set up somewhere else and let them play like each other. Like they were going to, yeah. but now they're not. Right. But I think what the NBA is just focused on is, okay, let's finish our season out, and then we'll regroup and then figure out what we're going to do for our next step. Yeah. Either way, we do have basketball back on the court. So let me ask this. Final thoughts on the first week of the NBA season, starting with Pat. A lot of fun. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. Coach? Good highs, not many lows. Stop fouling, corner threes, and stay healthy. It's been a fun return. Thank you, NBA. Give us some more highlights. And I cannot wait to see more LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court. (laughs) What are you, a fucking Lakers fan now? I am supporting <laughs> good basketball, and that has been some fun games to watch. No, I mean, if I have to really give a, pr- a prediction, I mean, we already gave a prediction. Yeah, we already did. I yeah. mean, listen, I get what you're saying. It's been, it's watching a healthy, and I said this last week, watching a healthy LeBron is a ton of fun because yeah. we've not truly seen it since probably before he went to Miami. Exactly. So for me, I'm in fully enjoying seeing this yeah. because it he, definitely makes me, you know, like uh, reevaluate, you know, the best player. Because, I mean, him healthy is scary. Oh, yeah. Him fully rested and motivated, too. I mean, we got to remember this. Not that he's never been motivated, but he has just an extra gear he's switching in for yeah. this season. So this has been some really fun basketball to watch with him and Anthony Davis, and I can't wait for them versus the Clippers again. Like, I just have In a best of seven. We're going to see go. that. That's going to be your finals, in my opinion. Not Well, no, taking everything away from the East, because unless Toronto or Milwaukee's in it, I don't see anybody else hanging with them. No. So definitely stay tuned for more NBA action and hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about the NBA's return? How is your team doing if they're still playing? If they're not, give us your reason why they should be. Let's have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast, where we discuss the movies and life of the national treasure, Nick Cage. There are three of us here, and I can't help but notice that none of us are Nicolas Cage. Did nobody call him? What? A cage cast with no Nick Cage? No, instead of being Nicolas Cage, we're three Nicolas Cage experts, which is the next best thing. I don't think we should admit to being experts. Too late. We are not experts at anything. We are not life coaches, and we are not in any way, shape, or form qualified to give you suggestions on life choices. But Nick Cage is, and he's made hundreds of life choices. Seriously, I cannot stress enough just how much you should not take our advice. But we're experts. No, seriously, we're not experts. 
Yes, but we will be reviewing his first acting gig as Nicholas Coppola, Best of Times, which features a young and very precious Crispin Glover. And his work in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And his work in My Nightmares. We're experts. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And time to talk a little news around the NFL. Okay. And one of which has to do with one Odell Beckham Jr. Uh Uh-oh. Now, this past week, he gave an interview story to the Wall Street Journal that was published on Monday. And in it, he was talking about the current situation going on with COVID-19. I hate bringing that up, but that is the reference of his quote that he said. So during that interview, he gave in response to COVID, quote, I just feel like the season shouldn't be happening. And I'm prepared for it not to happen. And I wouldn't mind it not happening or having it, close quote. Since that story broke on Monday, this was via the NFL.com story that ran from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Beckham has uh, said that he's excited to get back to camp, to paraphrase. And the Browns GM has echoed that statement as well. So thoughts on that quote, starting from Coach first. I mean, he said probably nothing that any other player is not thinking themselves, you know, that are in the locker room right now. Uh, It's it's. The unknown and unknowable, that is the scariest part for these NFL players. I mean, you you definitely got to think that they're watching Major League Baseball right now as far as teams travel and, you know, visit different cities and the potential and the li- and the risk, you know, that they're going to occur having to travel and go to these places that, you know, there could be a potential case or, or you know, potential spikes or whatever, um, you know, as far as the population of that town and what they're doing and who they're around. So I understand and definitely think his concern is something that's adamant and real. You know, I mean, these they're facing real problems that, you know, they're putting their lives on the line to go play a sport that we watch mm-hmm. to, to do this travel and stuff. And, you know, when you see, you know, Major League Baseball just go and just cancel, you know, games and then test and then, you know, if it comes back clean, then great, you know, they're able to resume. But, you know, with the NFL, you can't just do that. Right. You know, that's not the way that it works because scheduling and, and travel and all that stuff they're not they just don't have the ability that if the rams are playing the giants mm-hmm. you know and one ram player tests positive they can't just cancel the game and play on monday yeah you know i mean that game's going to be lost which ultimately you know hurts the season because there's only 17 games in football oh yeah that, i mean that's kind of one interesting thing side note that we might see with the nfl god forbid you know major league baseball you've had several teams the marlins phillies uh you know the cardinals who all now have to make up a boatload of games mm-hmm. but the luxury with major league baseball is they and the players association have come to the agreement that okay we're going to do seven inning double headers that and not day night double headers the yankees are playing a double header i want to say it's thursday or it's some time coming up in the next few days where in in yeah it's thursday in philly where game one is going to start at like 405 or something like that mm-hmm. they'll play game one as the home team because scheduling and whatever 35 minutes after that game is over they'll play game two right so that's kind of like the benefit and the luxury baseball's got where you can do double headers and you can do this football doesn't have that luxury so you know heaven forbid god forbid something happens to one of these nfl teams in the similar vein of as the marlins or the cardinals you know because lord knows what's going to happen getting back to obj 
you know, this is, I understand why he said what he said, you know, like coach had out of an abundance of fear. I don't know if a lot of the players knew, you know, we as fans don't know a lot of the protocols that are in place and what they're doing. Who knows if he, you know, because he did give this interview two weeks ago, you know, so at the time he didn't know, he might not have known and, and might have been real afraid because this wasn't the first time he said something similar to this. Uh, he was, uh, did had a roundtable discussion on his YouTube channel with uh, Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, and uh, Victor Cruz, uh, where he said, quote, we're in a place where people are really being affected. Economy is being affected. People are dying. Numbers are spiking. Uh, the bleep is real. Uh, yet they're trying to make football happen with everything going on. What does that say about our country that football is that important? Close quote. So not the first time he's had these thoughts. No, definitely not. I mean, he was answering very honestly, and I respect the honest answer coming from him. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's the one thing you can always say OBJ was. I mean, he, he's an honest guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Browns wide receiver has always been very outspoken no matter what. Uh, he's not one to shy away from giving his opinion, whether you like it or not. And this one was very telling, and from what we've heard back from the Browns organization, and I know their GM, Andrew Barry, was you know answering back in the kind of paraphrase. Mm-hmm. They've addressed the concerns that Odell had, and Odell was tweeted out being at Browns camp yep. training. So Yeah, he has been, a full, according to ESPN.com, uh, he's been a full participant in the Browns' uh, C-19 intake tests, uh, and he's been practicing with them. Yeah, I think that's the frustrating thing that, you know, the Browns had to go. And, I mean, he didn't say anything that was, you know, apolitical or or B, you know, insensitive. He was just a guy who said, hey, I've got concerns in regards to what's going on around the world. And Mm. I have a grasp on the fact that this is very real and and I'm troubled. You know what I mean? It's no different than what a lot of the other players a couple weeks ago, like Drew Brees and everybody else said. Just it was a little more blunt. Yeah, I mean, and so for the Browns to have to feel like they need to save face and, and, you know, come out with a press release of their own, no, you don't need to do that. You know, just... Yeah, all right. We our player has a concern. The, what their press release should have been was our player has a concern. We understand and respect his concern and we are doing everything on our power with the NFL to make sure that our players are safe. Yeah, and that's all you needed to say. Well, I think that what they wanted to make sure is just to calm the fears of the other players on the team and other players around the league that hey, it's safe to come here and play in Cleveland. And I I understand that cuz mm-hmm. obviously being in the C19 era you hear a lot on social sure, media. Sure. You hear a lot sure. on wherever you turn. And everybody's you know, hysteria is a little more heightened. Love mm-hmm. it or hate you know, mm-hmm. not, not love it or hate it, but it's a truth. I mean you can't right. you can't say anything about it. But it's one of those areas that the Browns are just trying to say, hey, it's okay to play here. We are listening to our players. We are trying to address the situation as best as possible. So that's I just say say that though. Yeah. Just say that. Don't but, don't do the the um, the political correct safe face statement. Address the fact that your player came out and said something, and understand that it's okay to have um, I mean, humbleness isn't the right word, but a sense of of care. Mm-hmm. You know that your player is the one. You know that these re- these are real risks that they're taking on. You know yep. so address it say that we're going to take care of it and make our players safe and that's all you need to say you know well, i just i just that's where i'm coming from i mean no, absolutely i i i respect the hell out of the fact that because you know you're going to have other guys who take the other stance like tom brady who's like gung-ho and ready to go and you know that's always been tom brady's character and that's fine yeah but the fact that obj came out on the other side 
let you know let that happen. Let the yeah. fact that your player has a concern be his opinion and not try to save face just because one player comes out and says something that Americans are dealing with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And listen, as far as that other the second comment that he had before that about football, you know, the distractions welcomed. Just yeah. so you know, Odell. Listen, you're not taking away from everything anything. Yeah. Go play football if you want to. You know, like we'll welcome you. Oh, yeah, know, There's nothing to worry about there. Yeah. The no. distractions, cool. No, I mean, obviously for the NFL, they're watching what is going on with baseball right now because sure. their their season is going to be very parallel to them of how when they go to do travel throughout the states, how are they going to be maintaining health concerns? How are they going to make mm-hmm. sure that there's not an outbreak? And not to cast any shade on MLB, but obviously the situation is going on with Miami, the situations are going on with the Cardinals. There has been a lot more outbreaks of C nineteen. I mean, and that's an honest statement, right? I mean, there's been outbreaks of C nineteen, but at the same token, like they've been pretty stacked. Well, for you know, Marlins are resuming tonight. There was a slight delay; should have been playing already, but they're resuming tonight. Philly resumed last night. You know, I th- I think in those instances, and and this is again, same instance you're going to see with the NFL. You know, you're relying on people to stay vigilant, stay faithful to what you need to do, but it's on a much tighter rope. Yeah, because like I said. NFL doesn't have the luxury baseball does where we can play double headers. They really can't, you know, and, and yeah, there's an abundance of guys, you know, you might be able to sign and bring in much like baseball and with the minor leagues and everything else. But like, I just feel like it's a much tighter rope to walk than even baseball has. Oh, I agree with you because oh, of how the, how, the, how the schedule is, is structured. There is no room for error. Cause there's, to me, there's a big difference say between baseball where, okay, you got, you, you're missing your starting second baseman because he tested positive, but Oh, Hey, we got this really high-rated prospect at our alternate training facility we can just bring in compared to football where if you've got a pro bowl you know whatever accolade you want to throw on the guy starting left tackle that goes out with it and all of a sudden you're bringing in some other guy who's not exactly on his level right well that's going to be the dilemma a lot of teams are going to have because this will actually segue to another point i was going to bring up i believe it was reported that thursday 3 p.m is the deadline to declare yourself inactive for COVID reasons yes And I'm in training right now to sign as one of the replacement players. Yeah, I know. There Coach Duffy has his LinkedIn, his LinkedIn ready to go. Yep. He's got his tweets, uh, video package. I'm ready to be the you know the new, uh, what was that, uh, Philadelphia movie? Oh. Uh, Invincible. Invincible, yeah. yeah. I'm ready for that. Well, Vince, Papa- Vince Papali, too, you. over here. Thank you. Well, the question is now, do we see more players taking advantage of leaving by well, Thursday? Or? I think the players are pissed yeah well so here's the thing that i read that in regards to that is that the nfl the the teams okay Mm -hmm. not the players the teams are concerned because they're seeing guys who um have leverage in contracts being able to take that that you know the hiatus for this year Mm -hmm. and take advantage of the deals that they're sitting on right now so not to say that the players are doing that but that's the fear that the nfl teams and owners and general managers have yeah because Team guys who have maybe one year deals because they don't they haven't addressed how they're handling these years off you know like what they're gonna do so they're seeing guys that maybe have one year left take the guaranteed money and not get cut because they you know coming out of camp because they have their guarantees if I'm not mistaken if a player opts out for the year they get put on a basically a, a, a unable to perform yeah a list. list yeah but it's the COVID list and basically if you have a one year left on your deal. 
the money and everything just gets deferred to the next year. Well, uh, yeah, but they have their guarantees that are being yeah. met, though. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's what some of these players on one-year deals are taking, and guys who are potentially like get cut, mm. you know, especially the ones that you know on the bubble, they're going and opting to take the the sit lit, you know, the, the yeah. go on the COVID list, not get cut and get their guarantees. Yeah. So that's what some of the teams' aspect of, of concerns are for the players. I yeah, I would be mad as hell too that they create a deadline because. I mean, you're not in camp yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're no. not. You're not anywhere near the season, and now you're being told, "Hey, you have to. You have till Thursday yeah. of August sixth to make your decision before yeah. even camp starts." Yeah, and, and Patriots safety and longtime captain Devin McCourty ripped the NFL on this uh, he, on Sunday. He said, "Quote: I think it's an absolute joke that the NFL is changing the opt-out period, mainly because they don't want to continue to see guys opt out. I'm sure they're shocked about how many guys have opted out." Uh, I think it's terrible. I think it's BS that the league has changed that date, close quote. Yeah, I definitely agree with it. I I think that this is almost – I hate saying the optics look like a business move. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's what, in my opinion, it, it kind of feels like. Yeah, he went on to say, uh, quote, Monday will be our first day in the building, so to try to act like guys are trying to make a decision about something other than virtual meetings is a joke. When players understand how much power we have, we've seen things change for us, primarily even with this deal, with the COVID-19 and trying to get everything back. We saw some of that strength. Hopefully we'll see how everything turns out come Wednesday, but if it ends up being the deadline, uh, I support guys no matter what, what they decide, uh, no matter what they decide. But I'm still out here having fun and figuring things out, so we'll see how we go, close quote. It's going to be a very interesting story to play out, but mm-hmm. I think that we might see some more players take advantage of the opt-out clause, which I, yeah, which I don't yeah. fault anybody for doing. No, yeah, it's, no. it's such a tight rope to walk because, I mean, if you have a legitimate concern, then, yeah, don't play. You know, and, and, sit. And, and in some instances, like we said, there are guys who have legitimate concerns. There was the one Patriots player who beat non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's other players who have had children. We don't know everybody's story, and not everyone needs to give us an excuse or a story. Why? Uh, I forget who it was, but there was a player who watched his either father or grandfather die of this earlier in the year. You know, there might be more instances of that. Like, if a player's opting out, it's not for selfish reasons. It's just, you know what, I'm reading what's going on, and I don't want to risk it. And I don't fault anybody for doing no. that right and now. If there no. is, and if there is a player, you know, who was concerned and maybe on the bubble of being cut and they sit, then you can't not – you can't vilify them for it because, right. I mean, it's still justified because – it's scary times out there right now. I mean, you don't know whether you're going to get cut or not. You know, yeah. and I mean, for players to ultimately have the say is their right. It's mm. their they they are their investment. So if they don't feel comfortable playing, then don't play. Right. And I don't blame them if they want to take the season off. To be honest, like mm, this is no. just one, yeah, this no. is a different time of year that you've ever had to face before. And obviously, with a pandemic going on. Yeah, you have to do what's right for you and your family. The teams have got a lot of money invested in these players. That's you know, you know, no joke. Mm-hmm. But that investment don't mean shit if they're dead. Yeah, exactly. And we have to remember too, players are people. Yep. I understand. Once you start getting into sports and it becomes a business, sometimes it's not always registering that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, is it's which not. is a, which is a bad thing to say, but. If somebody is doing this to protect themselves and their family and their loved ones, yeah, then by all means, take advantage of the opportunity to sit out the year. The NFL will still roll on. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, the the only thing that's been canceled thus far has been all the preseason games. Correct. So we are just going in that first Thursday in September, 
and then we go from there and see how, see where the season pans out. Hey, and I mean, Nate Soldier decided to, to not play this year for the Giants, and now they have an extra $15 million in cap space. And Daniel Jones might stand up a little bit more. <laughs> so I'm not mad at all. Sometimes Advantage Giants. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I kid. No, yeah. Nate, you've made the right decision. I mean, listen, if – if they if uh, they make the deadline Thursday and these players don't feel comfortable with that, then like you know McCourty said, the players have the ultimate say. Yeah. Right? I mean, then don't report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean it's that simple. that's it's that simple. Don't show up Monday, and then the what is the NFL going to do? All right, mm-hmm. we'll extend the deadline because to me, if I was a player, I would really want the deadline after the first maybe week or two of camp. Mm. Get a feel, get comfortable with what's going on. You're going to have ninety men around you because that's what training camp size is going to be. I mean, some teams have elected to go with 80 um, depending on, you know, player personnel and everything. But, um, I mean, if you're carrying 80 to 90 guys, I know that you have to run two different camps. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, logistically, you know, if you're, you know, a player who's not comfortable with that, then you should be able to decide that after camp starts. Yeah, Not before, not knowing what your team's planning on doing. No, I fully agree with that. So, we are going to have to wait and see what happens with this deadline, but that's going to be the big NFL storyline going in through this weekend. Mm-hmm. But the NFL was upstaged a little bit. A little bit. By one of the most shocking announcements of all of 2020. Pad, do you have the story? Yeah. So out of nowhere yesterday, it was announced that Dwayne Johnson and a bunch of others purchased the XFL for $15 million. And my first reaction was, it's worth that much? Coach, your thoughts. Well, um, yeah, the story broke. Uh, texted you guys. My jaw hit the floor in yeah. shock. Uh, $15 million seems like an awful lot with no players and no TV deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that The Rock you know, has a really good relationship with NBC, You know, similar to Vince, too, who also has a good relationship with NBC. So it'll be interesting to see you know, if the rock plays that card, you know, to get a TV deal. Um, It'll also be interesting to see where um, they take the league. Cause like I was telling you guys, you know, when we were talking about after the text, I go, I really don't know what the rock wants to do with it. You know, I mean, is he going to try and make a pitch for it to ultimately become a developmental league? I was kind of wondering, is it something where maybe, uh, you know, similar to how Vince was letting guys come out early, you yeah. know, from college yeah. to get paid. Will that be something that The Rock pursues? Because, I mean, obviously the story is well known. Graduates from Miami, $7 to his name, you know, doesn't know what he, he tries to go to Canada to play football, doesn't make it there, mm-hmm. you know, starts working, you know, at, at wrestling at carnivals and stuff. So, you know, will he try to reach out to these players who, you know, are struggling to make ends meet to, to come and play? It'll be it'll be very interesting. I, I really I don't know what he's going to do. I I, so that's the thing. Like you just you have no clue where they're going to take the direction of this league. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of like up in the air. You know, the only way I can see it working is you know obviously the, you know the Rock is a very well connected individual. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of people. Uh, the Rolodex is real large for him. Oh yeah. You know the only way I can see this working is maybe possibly a developmental league for the NFL for guys who you know what they get through training camp and they get cut and instead of landing out without a job someplace hey here's this developmental league you can go play for them improve your skills and on on any given week when you got a player who goes down injured oh hey we can we can sign this guy from the xfl you know the only other way i can see this working is and i with this is without knowing the back end stuff with when vince was running things with his connected is he is maybe get some more nfl former 
heads working on it. You know, if, if, if there's anybody from high end in the, in the NFL office, former commissioners, former, you know, vice presidents or what have you that are not doing anything that are willing to work with him, not on a permanent basis, but for a couple of years, get it going, get it off the ground and really say, hey, here's what we need to do. I think it could work. To think of the history of the XFL and the hybrid of Vince McMahon trying to bring football back to quote-unquote greatness. Shout out to He Hate Me. Yes. Uh, it has been a very weird ride, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. You can go through the backlog of the original season that happened in 2000. Might be able to find it on YouTube. Yeah, you it, it was it was something along that, that time period. Honestly, I'm not looking at the computer right now to check, but to look at the resurgence that I just had this past season where when Vince decided to bring it back, there was a lot of skepticism. Sure. A lot of people really not sure why and what was yeah. the need, but just it was something Vince – Knowing Vince McMahon, he doesn't want to let anything go. He's always been known to make, yeah. su- make a success of whatever he do- tries doing. Obviously, the XFL had to shut down. It filed for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So this is where it was picked up by The Rock and his business partner, Danny Garcia, and their group. So whatever they're going to do with it, it could be in like another season of Ballers on HBO. It's, it's got <laughs> that's that what vibe I'm saying. To it. Revive Ballers, but make it a reality show. So now here's the hiccup, though, is that the the uh, other parties that were involved with Vince mm-hmm. during the, during the original thing is trying to block the 15 million dollar deal and trying to take Ooh. it to auction. Ooh. Well, I mean, they could do it, but is there anybody that's going to want to buy it no. when it's been? Well, no, that's yeah, why. I yeah. mean, so they're they're trying to get their investment back, and they feel like obviously the fifteen million's undervaluing yeah. what their initial investment was. So they're trying. That's why they're trying to block the deal mm. because basically it's not you know what they invested. So right. uh, it so it's got to go through some litigation here. So I mean, it's not abs- It's not definitely finalized yet, but I mean, even if it goes to auction who's going to want to pursue that? You know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, why I, I somebody, mean, the, with, somebody with a lot of money burning a hole in their the, pocket. The rock came in at the 11th hour yeah. to purchase this. I mean, it was an hour literally away from going to auction. That's why, an hour. that's why I say, like, I don't think that there's a market for it. So if it goes no. to auction, they could wind up getting less. Like that's the weird thing about it, unless they try driving their own point. But if they even try driving their own point with it, they're not going to get anywhere near the $15 million for it. I mean, let's face it. The XFL is a brand, but is it a marketable brand? Well, not only is it not a marketable brand. I mean, without a TV deal, yeah. you've got nothing. You have yeah. no leverage. I mean, that was the whole thing when TNT uh, dropped WCW. Yeah. Was you know That's why Vince was able to swoop in and buy it because when you don't have TV – you don't have anything. Right. You have no leverage. Well, let's not forget, like you mentioned, Rock has a good relationship with NBC because of Titan Games. Rock's got a good relationship with anybody willing to listen because of his status in the last few years at the box office. The man equals money. That's uh, prints it. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it will be interesting to see what he does with it because, I mean, you don't know. Right. Like, yeah. you really don't know. Like, with Vince, you know, you, you had the idea, all right, from the previous uh, incarnation of the XFL, you had an idea of what Vince was going to do. I mean, you don't. The, the other thing is, too, is that you don't spend $15 million on something mm-hmm. to just hold its catalog. No. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no. this isn't just a play to keep, you know, the, the games and the, the roster or the logos and the trademarks in your back pocket. No. This is something that you try to work with. No, and I think if he can work, maybe work with. Roger Goodell and some of the people at NFL. I think you can really make a developmental league work because yeah, there's a lot of guys on practice squad. But let's be honest how how good are your skills getting when you're on the practice squad? I don't squad? I don't understand how it doesn't work. I don't understand how there isn't a developmental you know, league for the NFL. So you can take these guys who, like we said, 
when you watch ballers, you see those guys that they're featuring on the up or not ballers, uh, hard knocks mm-hmm. that they're featuring, and they get pulled in and oh hey, you know what, you know, just one of those things we got to cut you. Instead of getting signed to some other practice squad, hey, go to this developmental league where you could end up signed two weeks later. And I mean, the thing is, is when you try to pitch it as a developmental league, when you have you know third string backup quarterback from Montana as a starter you know, in your league, uh-huh. it's not trying to bill him as being a premier quarterback. You're billing him as this is a guy who's trying to rise the ranks and get on a roster. And uh-huh. that makes a hell of a lot more sense than trying to pitch him as being an elite quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you watch uh, the show that's on uh, Netflix, the Juco Last show, Chan- Last, Last Chance, Chance you, you, and you see that, I mean, there are football players across America yeah. that yeah. would – die to try to get a spot on any sort of roster yeah so i mean there's an abundance of football players that you know you've got 17 different levels of major league baseball you've got three different levels of the nhl the nba just recently developed you know has the d league now the g league you know so you have leagues that have you know these people that are still pursuing and trying to to try to get to the elite level that the nfl it's like all right once you graduate college you don't get drafted, you don't get picked up on a practice squad, you're done. And part of the reason I love going to minor league baseball games is, besides the fact I like baseball, is you never know who you're going to see play at sure. your minor league baseball park that will end up on the majors. One famously, baseball fans will know, Daniel Murphy used to play here in Binghamton for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a game with my dad on like a Thursday or something like that, watched him play. Four or five days later on Sunday, I'm flipping channels. I flip by the Mets game, and I hear Daniel Murphy with the left, in the left field. I'm like, wait a minute. He was just down here two weeks, like four days ago. There are enough football nuts that would watch the uh, the XFL if it were a developmental league, and I'm sure there are even more nuts who would watch it saying, oh, I might be seeing the next great quarterback, the next great wide receiver. Dude, I mean, Metal World Peace just played in the ABA. Yeah. You know, I mean, these yeah. guys are going places to play. Well, this is the one question you have to ask, though, because we've seen other leagues start. Like I said, the XFL is coming 19 years. I, I'm looking this up now. 19 years after – the, their first season. So, obviously, the 2020 season they had mm-hmm. was uh, 2001. So, obviously, two failed experiments there. Yeah. We also remember had the Alliance for American Football. Yeah. For, you know, one half season. And Not then that, even. And then that failed, too. So, to bring back. That was a half-assed attempt, though. Well, it. it There's some shady it, stuff behind the scenes. There was there. a lot yeah. of stuff going on there. There's a lot of, we'll just say, moving parts, to yeah. put it mildly. But to bring a developmental league to the NFL, and I think The Rock is smart enough to see this, mm-hmm. and I know that he's not going to try creating a league to go head-to-head. No. Well, no, he's, because, he's seen that, and that don't work. Right. Yeah. I think that this has a lot of potential. It just depends on what he wants to define as his potential. Where is your ultimate vision if you get this? You have to get on TV. You have to get the right people involved. Mm-hmm. And you got to find a spot. That's the other thing that, the, that, that you struggle with is that spring football – you know, as much as I would love to see it, because I did watch the XFL, sure. you know, just doesn't work. Right. Sure. There's too much. Sure. It's an oversaturation. Sure. You flip it to the fall, though, it's the same problem. Yeah. Sure. Because you can't play Saturday nights. Right. You can't play Sundays. Yep. Sure. You can't play Mondays. And for some places, with some regions, you can't play Thursday or Friday. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're an ACC, you know, fan, you're not going to watch, you know, New York versus Chicago, the XFL, if North Carolina is playing Clemson on a Thursday night. Yeah. So that you know, that's part of the problem is that you got to find a spot that it works, that you know, you're not competing against 
college football, which has arguably the craziest fan base, and then the NFL, which arguably has the biggest fan base. It's a situation that, like I say, they're going to have to do a lot of analysis after they get the product. Sure. Because whatever they want to do, I could see them trying to run in summertime. Yeah. Which, yeah, but then it's hot oh, I, shit. I agree with you, but but where is the right time of year to run football? I, that's the thing. And that's it's the, a full. No, you, you, mean, you bring no, you bring yeah. up, you bring up the perfect point, and that's the issue where it failed for Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. and it failed when they tried doing spring with the other two leagues. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so where is your happy medium? This is something the Rock's going to have to figure out, and I don't know if they can work a deal out with the NFL, which I doubt about them maybe being the sole show running on Thursday nights. That could be something. <laughs> Oh, because God. you know how much their players don't like playing on Thursday. They hate it, but you know how much Goodell loves that Thursday night game. But if there's some way to get some deal worked out with Goodell, and he's smart enough to know with the rock on board, there's a lot of possibilities. Not saying it's going to happen, but the ideas have to get thrown out there. They could play Sunday mornings like the JV team does before varsity games. <laughs> no, people will watch. If, if it's one Sunday thing, mornings at 10 a.m. If it's one thing I know from being in a Vegas sports book at 10 a.m., trust me. Oh, hell yeah. People are camped out. Dude, so, I mean, you know people. They, the, and the other thing the XFL did right this time around was taking advantage of the lines in Vegas mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. smart because yeah. they're. Hey, listen, if you have a gambling addiction, please call 1-800-GAMBLING-ANONYMOUS or whatever the number is. But there are people out there that are that just crave it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's a fan base for it. So like I say, from going into any you know casino, any sports bar, any establishment that is pro sports, there will be an audience. Oh, yeah. There always is. Yep. That's my point with that. So for The Rock, he'll definitely have a market for it. Obviously, he's going to bring a lot of attention to it because – the biggest movie star in the world yeah, is now you, running a football uh-huh. league. I definitely don't. I would ass, I would say that it's safe to assume you won't see it probably in the next two to three years. No. It might be year four, year five that you start to see something rolling out. It, it all I just I think it's gonna I think he's gonna take his time. I don't think I, first off, he's not you don't need to be in a rush. Right. They because you first you got it for fifteen million. You basically just got it for a bargain. Right. Uh-huh. Secondly, you gotta do your market research. Vince is not a sports guy. He's a business guy, right? Not a sports guy. But it also depends on how much he's been researching this prior to. Oh, I mean, there's, there's good point. Good there, point. There are some had a factors. lot of downtime the last four months. <laughs> I mean, no, there, but, but with his true but, <laughs> outside of singing Moana repeatedly to his daughter. But with as oh, much Terramana plugs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with as much downtime as he have, as much as he has started to grow his production company and his other ventures, you have to figure that he has somebody else in his ear too. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, his business him. partners, and I mean, they yeah. they named the president today, and I'm sorry, it's escaping me. It's his uh, the female partner that's in their group. Oh, Danny Garcia. Yeah, she's well, that, that's his ex wife. Oh, that, okay, she's the uh, president. Yeah, she took over as CEO and president of it. So, yeah. um, so they already got that part going. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so you'll probably start to see some more front office, you know, roles being announced. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're in a rush to do anything. No, I, I think we'll see a 2022. To be honest with you, I think they're going to... Okay, two year, I could see that. That's a realistic yeah, timeline. I could see that because then by that time, we will have a sense of where we're going to be with a live crowd yeah. at a stadium yeah. and what restrictions are going to be in place and whatnot. Yeah, because, I mean, the last thing you want to do right now is try to do it within the next year and yeah, still have a foolish. COVID stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, you'll be absolutely foolish right now for, mm-hmm. for, I would say, definitely for at least a year. you got to really yeah. wait to see how everything is going to pan out. But for the Rock to buy the XFL was probably the wildest story of the week. It's so it's, it it feels serendipitous, yeah. in a way, you know, with the fact that the Rock coming up through the WWE being arguably one of the biggest stars in the last 20, 30 years, 
you know, then to ultimately buy it from the guy who helped get him, you know, off the ground. And so Vince the next time McMahon. they next time they're in, they meet in person together, it might be a little awkward. Why well, I mean, Vince didn't want anything to do with it. So yeah, true. Well, he had to file for bankruptcy. He's a smart businessman, but I yeah. think I think he will give his blessing to the Rock because. Yeah, I mean, he'd much rather have The Rock buy it than Ted Turner. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no question. (laughs) Could you only imagine? Oh, my God. Uh, So it was serendipitous for The Rock. It would have been ironic if it was Ted Turner. If there was, Vince would have came up with the money suddenly. Or if it it. was Tony Khan. Oh, Lord. (sighs) Could you imagine he tries getting a deal with TNT for this? (laughs) Dude. That'd be funny. Yeah. Rock stuff. Gone. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Out of the out of the Hall of Fame and yeah. everything. Oh, the WWE talk will. Uh, trust me that that round that running the ropes segment that will for if that happens will be one of the most legendary segments in ODPH history. So much NFL news going on this week. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about OBJ's comments? What is your thoughts about the Rock buying the XFL? So much news going on. Definitely jump in that conversation. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey all, I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom. From movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the third segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. And time to run the ropes. Time to talk a little pro wrestling. Wrestling. And dare I say, mm-hmm. one of the most polarizing episodes of Monday Night Raw happened this past week. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck did I watch last night? We are talking spoilers, so if you haven't seen Monday Night <laughs> Raw, we are giving you fair warning right now. Because it was definitely something. Yeah. To Dur- say the least. During the day, it was announced that Shane McMahon... Uh, was returning to Monday Night Raw. Always fun when Shane pops in. Yeah. And also that a mystery faction would be and there was Yeah, mi- that's what I was excited about. Yeah, there was a mystery faction, a lot of rumors going around of who was going to be making their appearance. Was it going to be the Undisputed Era from NXT? Hopeful. My, my guess, I took a, a shot and said maybe it's going to be a new faction with everybody they just signed from Evolve Wrestling. The Would have uh, been fun. Yep. Yeah. Or I just wanted to tick off everybody on the internet and say it was the Elite <laughs> and start the invasion angle just to fire up you know Twitter. But then again, if you say anything about AEW, you usually get a very, very unique response from yep. some fans, which I just thought. Do it at your own discretion. Yeah. I, I, I Marks. I don't need that much toxic Twitter on my day. But we finally get to Monday Night Raw. And I will say this. It was a good show for the wrestling matches that were involved. Okay. Apollo Crews is now the undisputed United States champion. Welcome back. With MVP. Yeah, welcome back. And um, I like what the, his story was about the two belts and why he's going to keep the new one. I, th- I thought it was really cool that he wants to give it the other one to his kids and say, you, you can be champions when you grow up if you work hard. And it, it was a good story with that. Yeah. 
the Riot Squad reunited, which I marked out like a madman for because I'm a big Ruby Riot fan, and Liv Morgan are now going to be setting up a feud against the Iconics and nice. where they go from here. So it's going to be a, Kevin Owens talked friendship. Yes, he he's did. not very good at it. He's not. He's the worst. The uh, worst. He's the worst. Bad. That, yeah. And then we get uh, a little more Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton buildup. Uh-huh. A little shoot. Yeah. Little boom, boom, boom. Break it down for us, Coach. Oh, I mean, I just I caught the. I it was tough. I, I Drew and, and promos are, are without a crowd is tough. Yeah. Especially being a face, you know, it's so much easier for heels to be able to cut promos in this COVID era right now because they don't need to garner the the cheers or the whimsicalness of a fan base. So, you know, I mean, they basically, Randy talked about Drew getting fired and Drew talked about how when he needed somebody to lean on for a veteran leadership, you know, Randy was never there because Randy was always about Randy. Yeah. So, I mean, fun build, interesting storyline, you know, to carry it on. And, uh, you know, he brought up Edge in that conversation. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a solid buildup for the match at SummerSlam. So, and you, and you hit a good point too. Drew McIntyre's promos are very good when they're when he has a live it's crowd. So yeah. tough. it's tough it's because tough. he relies on them too yeah. much. Which oh, it is, that, that's true for like the entire, and that's part of the reason I haven't really watched all that much. It's not that I realize I have people there, but it's a little different when it's you know fans paying to be there instead of people you're paying to be there. The faces just have su- the good guys have such a tough like go mm-hmm. yeah. to. Cut these promos, you know. I mean, unless it's like a Samoa Joe just being tough, yeah. You know yeah. that's different, you know. But when you're like trying to to rally everybody behind you, and you just don't have that like cr- live crowd to be like, yeah, you know, pop well, for you, it's just hard. Well, it's and, and true and struggle, and especially you have some of the, the talent outside yelling the most random stuff oh, I've ever heard. And it's yeah. not, and you know, it's not Drew's fault. No, it's, it's not. not his fault. It's, I mean, it's just. That you, when you are trying to cut a face promo and trying to rally people and you don't have anybody to rally, you're at a huge disadvantage, especially when you go against somebody such as Randy Orton, who's such a good heel, especially when he's, you know, into a storyline and he's, you know, fired up and you can tell that he's invested. Yeah. It's just, you can't out, you can't do that. You know, you're at, when Randy Orton is invested, he's still one of the best in the business. Oh, by far and away. When he's complacent. You can tell, and yeah. right now you can tell that he's very, in, uh, very involved in whatever's going on with this storyline. Yeah, that's going to lead to probably that rematch with Edge. That he's in it, and you just you can't top that. No, you can't, and you can definitely tell, Coach. You, you nailed another good point. When Randy's invested, few are on his level, but you and you can definitely tell when he turns the switch on and when he's just in cruise control. He's definitely on for this uh, build-up for WrestleMania. So I don't know if he's going to win the title and then they're going to do something with him and Edge when Edge finally heals up from his arm injury. Yeah, I, I mean, now next week you got a great match with him and Kevin Owens, yeah. which is going to be awesome. Definitely love that idea. So I was definitely excited for that. Even the Shayna Baszler build-up where she's now calling her shot against Sasha. <sighs> that Pocock. Woo! Fuck. Yeah, that was a that was a good shot. It she was. Just but I, just, I know you're not they, a Baszler they, fan. They, if I was already not a fan mm-hmm. and then they – Buried her on the main roster, and now I'm yeah. really out of it. For I checked as soon as I saw her cut that promo with Asuka, back to the Lakers game because I just couldn't stand more than thirty seconds. No, I mean I'm invested for what they're doing because sure. they, they, they took, but I, but you know me, hey, I'm a big Baszler. You fan, so. listen, that's what's great about wrestling yes. is that it is all up to your own discretion. Yeah, for me, check me out. Right. But then we get to the point of the night, and I know I'm going to skip over a couple oh, other matches. Yeah, hold on, because we got that Nia Jax segment was brutal. It was atrocious. Glad it was I didn't see it. So bad. I 
I turned on at the wrong time because the Lakers game went to the most inconvenient commercial break in the history of commercial breaks that I was like, all right, let me flip back to wrestling because maybe something's going on with this mysterious faction. Yeah. And I flipped it on and I caught a minute of that Nia Jax thing. And they've now written her off with a quote unquote suspension. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I wish it was legitimate suspension. I don't know. So bad. The only thing I could think is her storyline is mocking AEW's doing suspensions because that's what they do on, I mean, a, on a normal basis. Maybe. I just – her trying to act and then that referee trying to act oh. on top of her trying to act it was, awful. was so bad. Two wrongs don't make it right, guys. No, absolutely. So fully agree with that. But then we get to the 10 o'clock hour, and this is where things got weird, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. Because, because it was hyped up, Shane McMahon was back, and we didn't know what was going on. And then we see this weird promo. So I caught the beginning of this then because I was there at 10. So, I yeah. mean, well, go ahead. No, I, because they do this promo at like 9.50. Yeah. And they're like, Shane McMahon and welcome to Raw Underground. See you at 10 o'clock. And it's like you see a ring with no ropes and two people fighting MMA style. Ugh. And it was funny. Shout out to Super Media Bros. We both tweeted exactly at the same time, what the F is this? Brawl for All 2.0, because it looked like it. We get to 10 o'clock. Coach, you just jump in. I mean, we get to 10 o'clock, and all of a sudden, it's Fight Club, WWE style. Yeah. just And that's putting it nicely, because yeah. it was a shit show. Yeah. It, it was just a mess. To put it guys mildly. hopping in the ring, slamming each other around, trying to look make it look like it was a shoot, even though it was so obviously not a shoot. Mm-hmm. Fucking the Viking Warriors showed up out of nowhere all of a sudden and yeah. were badasses Which, after a month of comedy stuff. Thank you, because I tweeted that out it, as well. It was like it was the weirdest thing. All of a sudden, you see Eric in this ringless rope or ropeless ring, and he's just murdering this guy. And it's like, weren't you just doing a triathlon against the Street Profits, who you probably then what we just saw in the ring should have done then? Yeah. Only way I could have legitimately bought any of this, and I didn't buy any of it, and I didn't enjoy any of it, was if he was still signed, obviously, was if they cut to that and Cain Velasquez is in there just whooping people. Yeah. That, like, okay, we haven't seen him on TV for a while, but, oh, hey, here's where he's been, you know, the last couple of months. He has been he got invited by Shane McMahon to this Raw Underground thing, and he's just been kicking people's ass. Because I'm sorry. These random jabronis that I don't know and are probably local talent that need, a, that need something to do because everything's shut down, I don't know who you are. I don't care. And I'm sorry. It just looked weird, and the vibe was weird, and, and I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe they're trying to throw, you know, try and get some more fans in there because, you know, the stigma, what's been the stigma for wrestling, of wrestling for years and years and years and probably until the end of time? It's scripted. It's fake. So what are you trying to do? Introduce this segment that it can bring new people into into watching by, hey, here's a segment that's not scripted, that it's, oh, it's off the rails. You never know what's going to happen. I'm sorry. It still looks scripted. And Shane was awkward. Yeah. During it. Shane was wicked weird. Like yeah. the, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, stop, stop. You got him. You got him. Like that was just. I think he was trying to portray a, a part of himself that wasn't a McMahon <sighs> that he was just trying to be himself and it just came off really weird. Well, awkward. The only time I've seen him try doing this is when they, he originally came to the WWE with the mean street posse. 
Mm. And it was trying to be all like <laughs> hip and cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to this fight club atmosphere. Uh, I know we were getting a lot of Twitter feedback. People were saying it was a, a shot at Josh Barnett's blood sport uh, mm. wrestling show he does. No, so, maybe. Which I just took it as. No, because that actually looks badass. Yeah. The, yeah. If you ever <laughs> get a chance to watch Barnett's blood sport, I would highly recommend it. It's a good time. Yep. This was not. This no. was just like, okay, what are we doing? Is, and I mean, you it, utilize it on Raw when, meanwhile, you've got Thatcher and Riddle yeah. stashed away on two other shows that this would have been much better off using. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that yeah. that would have utilized those two's talent. Well, that's what I thought they were going to eventually lead up to. Like, you see Matt Riddle show up, or this is what they want to do for Brock. Or, I would say, he brought, well, if he gave a damn these days. Well, that's the thing. But he, but if Brock just wanted something to do where he can come in, just you know, hit somebody and then walk away. I, now that you're saying that, I think it would be real easy to convince him. Uh, hey, Brock, we want to have you come in for a segment. Not a wrestling match. It's kind of this underground you know, street fight thing we're doing. All you basically got to do, do is come in, whoop 15 guys in rapid succession, and you can leave. Yeah. How long is this going to take me? Yeah, maybe about a half hour. Or Sold. full day pay. Or what they could have done, which they didn't they waited too long to do, was have Lashley and uh M V P and Shelton, who not a, I don't think a lot of people realize what, you know, M V P has done during his time away from WWE, oh, which yeah. has become damn near close to a black belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I I don't know exactly, but he's close. Yeah, well, he, yeah. He, he, and then that's the thing is the reports and rumors yesterday was that the uh, taping was tumultuous, to say the least, for this episode of Raw. That you know things were very much up in the air, and they were editing and rewriting things on the fly so much to the point that they didn't get to film everything they wanted to yesterday. Well, I'm just saying, like I would have had these guys come in sooner because these are three legitimate. Like if you're talking shoot badasses, I mean Lashley. Thought, fought an MMA fight. Yeah, you got a legit jujitsu person in uh, MVP, and then Shelton ba- Benjamin was obviously an elite, you know, college wrestler. So this would have been your opportunity to really let them go, and instead you wait to the closing segment to have them go off, and in an awkward way. I think what they were trying to do, and this is my interpretation of it, is they wanted to try to get something to get some media buzz, which it did, good or bad. Yeah. Buzz is buzz. And having the Hurt Business come in at the end and do the whole takeover and really establish that they were running the show, I'm wondering if they're going to try treating the third hour like a separate show. Oh, God. No. I hope not. I, like I'm, I'm not saying like I'm excited about this. No. But the vibe I got from it is everybody has been really going crazy about the ratings lately. Mm-hmm. And one thing we have to remember, Raw, good, bad, whatever week it is, is still drawing – Almost a two each week. Sure. Even at their lowest weeks, it's been like, what, a 1.6? I think the lowest was, a yeah, either that or 1.9. Right. Same thing with SmackDown. And if you take a look at the other programming on the USA Network and Fox on Friday nights, what is ranging that's even close to I mean, those ratings? Nothing. Right. So for everybody that's flipping out about the ratings, the ratings, the ratings, and the advertisers are going to leave. No, nobody's leaving because they're the number one shows. It's just it's the dumbest thing because it's summer. Yeah. And wrestling always struggles in the summer. Oh, it uh, always has. Monday's episode of Raw averaged 1.7 million viewers. Okay. Okay. Which is an increase from the 1.6 million oh, they, so had, that is the they had last week. I mean, it's the summer. Like, right. It's it's always struggled. That's what they've talked about for years is always how they get buzz going into SummerSlam. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now now you're coupling the summer wrestling with COVID. Yeah. Like, 
there's a lot of factors that are going against them, but they're still drawing. Like that's the takeaway. But it's it's so funny hearing people's reactions because everybody's saying, "Oh, this was a, such a last ditch effort for WWE. They're going to go." Well, under. that's because Meltzer and the cronies, you know, advertise it that way, and it's yeah, it's just not factual. Fully agree. It's just not. And I think for what they were trying to do is cause a big rating spike to see would would an audience tune in for this and keep up with the cinematic formula. Like for me watching it. I had flashbacks of Lucha Underground okay, because of how they run their storylines. Fair. I was like, okay, this is kind of maybe a separate thing they're going to try doing. Like, I can't beat you on the main roster, but I'm going to go to Raw Underground and fight there and continue storylines there. Because for everybody they had involved there, I know they had a developmental talent there. Uh, name escapes me. And then they had the Viking Raiders like you touched upon. And then Dolph Ziggler, who they finally acknowledge about all his wrestling skill at Kent State was really allowed to do some business until the Hurt Business showed up, and then they finally got a good chance to really show what they could do. And then where it's going to go for next week, that's going to be the more story, I think. Because this one, fans are talking about it. Good or bad, they're talking. It's trending on Twitter. It's trending on social media. So for Raw next week, how they follow this up, that's going to be the real true test of how this is coming across. First impressions, though, was not blown away. Bad. Was very bad. In my opinion, Pat, I think you agree. Yeah, too. absolutely terrible. And then their whole faction reveal was a joke. So too. frustrating. Yeah, that was. I was like, I need to. I I go and I work out at five thirty in the morning, and I'm like, I know that I need to go to bed. But I was so intrigued by the fact that the, we might see the undisputed era on the main roster mm-hmm. as it's well deserved and about time that it happens. That I stayed up and I got pulled in and I got let down again and again and again. Yeah, because the only reveal was there was five individuals that blew up a transmitter. Dude, what? And, but what What damage did that fucking, like, what did that cause? That's what made me so mad. All right, if it would have been like a live thing and then all of a sudden, you know, and then the static comes on the TV and all of a sudden, you know, the, the rock cuts off the air and they're like, technical difficulties, we'll be right back. That would have been like, oh, they did something. If but they did all started, that happened. If they just started doing some like DX in the production trucks type right, stuff. Like, well, they did at the beginning of the show, like they did the lights flickering. Come on. Well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not defending yeah. it, but I'm just, that's that's how they were trying to write them in. They did something then, I don't know if they were responsible for poisoning, quote unquote. Oh my God. Fully. We didn't even get to talk about that because that was f- stupid. Like, the, the that's not that's not compelling. That no. like is scary. You know, I mean, like the fact that they were they were doing a retake of the Shawn Michaels incident because that's what it reminded me of, and I know a few other people. I think Rich from Three FN pointed that on Twitter. I'm like, that is not a storyline you want to reenact. No, not and especially not right now. Yeah, with what's going on, like that's what I was scared. Like when they cut to him acting that way, and they said like that he wasn't medically cleared technically to wrestle tonight. Yeah. I'm like, are they going to say he has COVID in wrestling? They're not that dumb. No. They're not. And then he passed out in the middle of the ring, and I'm like, they are that dumb. <laughs> oh, shit, they are. And then, you know, it was the poisoning thing, and then the awful segment with Bianca Blair and, you know, what's-her-face? Oh, uh, Selena. That was bad. Oh. Yeah, no, that one. I'm just I, glad I, I missed most of this because I was watching the Yankee game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, like I said, the Lakers just took commercial breaks at just the most inopportune times because yeah. I would have missed all of this had they had been playing during these segments. No. I, mi- I missed most of it, and the only downside I got is Judge didn't hit a home run yesterday. No, yeah. I, I was on live Twitter. Like We had a very good live Twitter going, at OD Parlay Hour. If you're not following, you should already follow. Um, 
And trust me, everybody was in the same agreement. <laughs> like, yeah, it was and, just bad. Like, I know that the show was better as far as a in-ring standpoint. Just yeah. the storylines. Like, once it hit 930, it went all downhill. Yeah. I think because I think that might have been when the first um, commercial for Raw Underground came out. And that looked – and it was bad. And, it, like, I want to see what they do next week. Because do they try making it worse or do they try <laughs> making it better? Like, don't because if, do they? Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Give well, them the opportunity well, that's, to. Well, that's the question now because, because they will. Because you're going to open up and like, like I didn't understand what Shane McMahon was going to do there. The fact MVP and company took over Raw Underground. So what are you going to set up your own storyline with your own faction trying to win it back? Like it almost sounded like a weird Def Jam Vendetta video. That, game. That's what I was that, thinking that a lot the of people, whole time. I was a like, lot of people were pointing that out uh, on Twitter yeah. too. Among, I got to give a chief, shout out. I'll say chief among them, uh, Xavier Woods. Great video game, by the way. Yeah, it was an amazing video game. Great game. And I know that that was getting compared to a lot. Like they were trying to say it was like Def Jam Vendetta coming to WWE. <laughs> Fun Death Jam fact, Method Man, big lacrosse guy, had scholarships out of high school. Really? Yeah, found that out during the PLL game last Inter- week. Interesting. Yeah. I, lo- I love that video game too, by the way. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah. Great game. Uh, Xavier Woods played it on Up, Up, Down, Down. If you never get to see it, go go look for his video of it because yeah. it was a great game. It was a lot better than what you saw on Monday night, with, <laughs> without question. <laughs> well, that, I mean, duh. Yeah. 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 It just, just, to, just to put it in context, this was their attempt to try to do like a sub storyline, or, or a, I don't know if it's where the overall direction is going to go. I just First think it was them trying to create some buzz, yeah, by uh, capturing Shane McMahon, knowing that you know Shane tried ultimately to do this, you know, MMA thing years ago when they almost purchased Pride um, or Strike Force, one of the two, or was it Ring of Honor? No, no, no. They tra- Vince uh, Shane was oh, in a yeah, group right, right, to right, buy right, 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 right. one of the yeah, the, uh, either Pride or Strike Force. I, I can't Pride. remember. Pride, yeah, I think it was Pride. So you know, this is probably something that they were like, you know, this will Shane will give this legitimacy. No, you needed legitimate guys to give this legitimacy, not Shane McMahon. Yeah, and the weird dancers that were stripping, but not. Yeah, it it was just Ugh. it was just a bad segment. So if you really want something to really give you a headache or really try to figure I, out, newsflash WWE as a 32 year old male who's in the demo god graphic, three women dancing in awkward clothes is not going to bring my attention to your show. Yeah, because that's what the internet is for. Yeah, it's not 1996. It's true. DX is not tantalizing me with having women pull up their tops during the show and all this stuff with DX painted on their on their chest. It's not that era anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to work. It's not the attitude era. Like it just said, exactly. For everything they tried adding to it, like it really felt. And I know I tweeted this out. It felt like a bad 2000s energy drink commercial. For sure, that's like, fair. Like, or like a like a uh, uh, like uh, X game, like you know, bike uh, dirt bike rally. Yeah, type it, situation. It was something something so str- like straight up out of the 2000s, which it was just so. Like, oh, where are we going Like with a this? bad Vince Russo WCW show. Yeah. Like, it just, it had like such a... Like, real bad. Th- yeah, it, like, this whole segment just was so bad, and they broke it up in different parts, and there was no direction to it, and you could definitely tell there was no direction going on. <laughs> Did you see the part where the girls, like, started fighting, and they were like... Yeah. And Shane just said, hey, 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 we've got next week, girls, and they were like... Okay, back to dancing. Yeah, like, yeah. no, that doesn't work. Like, you got to get one of them out of there then. Yeah. They should have kept fighting. Yeah, like, for whatever they were trying to pull off, it was a bad segment. Whatever they're going to watch next week or we're going to watch next week, it, it, it 
Kudik. Only I get mean, whatever on. you're going to watch next week. Yeah, I'm going to be. The, I'm going to be the only person watching. I'm going to do. The I'll recap. tell you, I I was paying attention to your tweets because I was trying to see when this faction debuted, hoping that I was going to either catch something on time or just miss something. But yeah. And nope. I know, yeah, we didn't get that. And in fact, we only just saw it said there were five individuals that we didn't even see their faces. We just saw them just run around. All I know is that there was one girl in the group because you could hear her voice say, run, 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 run. I couldn't That's tell it. That, I couldn't tell there was one or two, like, to be honest. Yeah, like, maybe was there was two, no, 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 but no, no, you no, could yeah, right. hear right, the one. Right, right. So that, that threw off the Undisputed Era for debuting. So whatever for they're sure. going to do for next week, I don't know if this is the right way to generate ratings. I don't nope. think so, but it definitely has us talking. No, you're right. It's not. Yeah. So for next week, we're gonna just have to wait it, and see. It generated ratings not for you know the the unannounced new faction, but because they said Shane McMahon is coming back, and everyone, yeah, and only, and everyone went, "Ooh, what's he coming back for?" Yeah, and, and only one segment for the undisclosed faction, yeah, yeah. or unnamed. I, yeah. I guarantee week. you, after next week's air show uh, airs, ratings will back back down to what they were, if not lower. Well, we'll have to see because this might be something about like good bad TV. Like it's it's so bad we have to watch it. Yeah, I know I'm stuck watching it, so definitely I will be live tweeting again next week. Definitely hit me up at OD Parlay Hour for more conversation on that. But hit us up on that hashtag hashtag ODPH. What was your thoughts about Monday Night Raw this week? Raw Underground, love it or hate it? We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling, and you're listening to the ODPH. I didn't mess it up. I thought I would. Right now, back to the guys. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. As far as the local minute goes, ExciteWrestling.com. Get your tickets for Drive Up Wrestling. Get them now. Mm-hmm. Get them now. They they're are going they're quick. flying right now. Two thirds have been sold already for Drive Up Wrestling, August twenty second, Oakdale Mall parking lot. It is going to be a event to remember. If you are a longtime Excite Wrestling fan, or if you're an independent wrestling fan, and you know the name Joe Gacy, mm-hmm. it is his final show at Excite. It has been announced. Where he's going after this, we don't know. We're still trying to get Johnny Moose to come on the show. He's had a couple things to go on. And, John, positive energy going out to you and your family right now, too, from all of us here at the ODPH. We know that he's got a big surprise coming up, too, for the Excite show. You definitely want to get involved with that. So ExciteWrestling.com is the is the place you need to go hit. Or just head on over to OchoDuroPaleHour.com. Under the ODPH directory, find friends of the show. You find Excite Wrestling, and boom, you are right there. But let's round the bases and take it home. Lead off, Pad. Sure, got to talk a little baseball. Season's still going. Uh, Yankees first place, eight and one record, looking real good. Judge hitting the ball absolutely out of the park. Uh, had f- uh, five straight games with a home run. Even more scary part is he said he's not locked in yet. Ugh. Good lord. Uh, got some. Uh, they they were supposed to play tonight. That, however, got postponed with the tropical storm, hurricane, whatever that thing is at this point. Uh, that was bearing down on New York. So they are going to be playing a uh, doubleheader uh, tomorrow, uh, which I talked about earlier. I've uh, got some other doubleheaders going on in regards to the uh, outbreak situation with MLB. Uh, Philly has still tested negative, so they've been playing. Uh, Miami tested has been testing negatives, so they somehow came together and managed to fill a team with some uh, folks they got at their alternate training site and signing some other players because I guess as the rules and 
regulations go. Uh, if you have players who have tested positive and, and they don't count against your total number of players you need to have, so they technically have a 40-man roster active roster with them or whatever, but it's actually like 58 or something like mm. that. So they're going to be playing today. Uh, as for St. Louis, things are still kind of stacked. Well, they are hunkered down in their uh, hotel in Milwaukee uh, the, uh, where they are waiting – back-to-back negative tests, and then they will be able to go back to St. Louis and go from there. Uh, As for the Field of Dream games that was supposed to take place in Iowa, that has been canceled uh, because of everything going on with St. Louis. I don't necessarily fault that because I feel like a game like that, you know, it's at the site where they filmed the movie. You need fans in attendance for that. Yeah, you definitely oh, for sure. Do. Yeah, it'd be a little weird to not have it. But if we and for anyone wondering how other players felt about this a whole outbreak situation, uh, one former Yankee, current Phillies star Andrew McCutcheon voiced his uh, displeasure on a podcast from the Athletics Jason Stark yesterday, where he said, "Quote: I was upset at everything that's transpired through that. Whoever decided to step out, not necessarily follow the health and safety protocol, that upset me. What made me angry was that we, as the Phillies, were the ones that ended up having to pay for that." We followed all of the health and safety protocols. We knew that was important. We understood that that's what we needed to do to be able to play this game, and we did everything right, and we paid for it. And so for me, that was upsetting. I'm sitting here at home watching 28 to 27 to 26 other teams play, and we're sitting at home, all testing negative, by the way, and we have to watch this happen while we did nothing wrong. So for me, that was very upsetting. It was very upsetting that we did everything right, and we're we're still the ones paying for it, close quote. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. Because that's the thing is there were some initial tests. The only positive test that I've read that the Phillies had was from one a week or two prior to all of this. And it was for a staff member not in direct contact with the team. So that was an outside case. But then there were some ones reported that the Phillies had those were false negatives. So the Phillies, this entire, you know, that's kind of the crap thing, crap end of the stick they got playing the Yankees last night. Outside of practicing on Sunday, they hadn't played in a week. And, hey, congratulations, you haven't played in a week. Go up against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Have Mm. fun. You know, so absolutely awful for them. Uh, Moving on to some other baseball news. Got a lot of pitchers getting injured, but most notably uh, the Angels have shut down their star player Shohei Otani. you know, and he's also listed his day-to-day as a designated hitter. Uh, it was reported that he has a strain of the flexor pronator mass near his surgically repaired elbow uh, and will cease pitching for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's, I believe it's a grade two strain, which means he's done pitching for four to six weeks, which is essentially the season. Yeah. But the main concern is he underwent Tommy John surgery in October 2018. Uh, and might be needing more Tommy John surgery. Oh, that's awful news oh, to hear. Man. Yeah, absolutely Tommy terrible. John, not good. No, absolutely not good. So wishing him the best. Also wishing the best to Atlanta Braves ace Mike Soroka, uh, who got injured. He tore his Achilles last night. Absolutely phenomenal pitcher. You know, one of the bright up-and-coming players who had to get taken off the field last night. So wishing him the best of luck and uh, very speedy recovery. Baseball is back in a big way. Yankees uh-huh. are looking very, very good right now. Yeah, they are. So definitely you got to keep watching some more games. Slapped Boston. Yes, it's always a good feeling when that happens. Yes. Coach, it's time to talk some lacrosse. Yes. Uh, get your shot glasses out because it's lacrosse talk time. Uh, we've got uh, the play- PLL now are in their playoffs uh, after a grueling uh, tournament play, I guess basically you could call it pool play. Uh, the Whip Snakes came out, your defending champion and number one seed, who got a bye going into the playoffs. So they actually get four days rest oh. and don't get to don't have to play again until Thursday. We've got games going on as we speak as the Chaos, who are the seven seed, 
are absolutely taking it to the Chrome right now. Who is your two? Later tonight, you've got the Water Dogs versus the Redwoods, which I look for the Redwoods to win that game. And then you have the Atlas versus the Archers and a rising star on the Archers and Grant Ament, who is the Big Ten reigning points uh, all-time scorer uh, in Big Ten history. They are playing tonight at 10.30. I, unfortunately, will assume the Archers will win that game, making me very sad as my Atlas will go home and I will only have the Redwoods to cheer on to take down the Whip Snakes because the Whip Snakes, a majority of the players, are from Maryland University, who I despise. Mm. So go anybody... But them, so that those games will be on Thursday, and the championship game I believe is on NBC at twelve. Uh, so another nationally broadcasted game for the championship. Last year's game was an overtime thriller, um, so that was really exciting. So a lot of things can happen. It's been a, a great regular season. Uh, no hiccups, no real sustained injuries. So that's been tremendous. You know, it's always a grueling thing when you're playing so many games in so many days. Uh, the demand, you know, on your body um, from a physicality standpoint is only so much. So uh, shout out to all these players for staying healthy and looking forward to the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, lacrosse, I've been trying to catch a little bit, been starting to follow a little more on Twitter. Yeah, NBC has been fun. I mean, I just I get so into the games, it's tough for me to live tweet them because I just I I'm paying attention. So, yeah. I, you know, and, and everything, but uh, I was watching all day on on Saturday the nationally broadcasted game which Atlas played again. Uh it's uh been tough. I mean, uh to to keep my phone out and watch the game at the same time because I get so invested. But, um, yeah, just anybody but the Wit Snakes, guys. I can't stand those guys. I'm with Coach on But this Matt one. Rambo is a hell – I mean, he had fucking five points in the second quarter of a game. Five points. Yeah. So he accounted for five goals. That's tremendous. That's, that's a lot. That's, that's, I mean, uh, you to, to be one-third of your offense for a quarter is pretty damn good. So Matt Rambo playing great, probably going to win MVP again. So that will be something – uh, but it's been a great season. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I miss getting to be able to play myself. But, you know, these I'm living vicariously through these guys. Yeah, and I've tried catching more games for you, Coach. Yeah. I, le- it's, I legit it's have. Been, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been entertaining. Like, I'm not the biggest lacrosse guy. Sure. But I have been trying to give it the old college try, as they say. And I've, I've been entertained. So yeah. that's all I can really ask for coming out of it. I, my biggest thing is I would say that the PLL makes it more of a all-inclusive thing, you know, for the common man to come watch because – Again, you know, if you didn't grow up in an era where or a town or community that had it, you know, you just didn't get invested in it. I mean, being a hockey guy, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of, you know, um, finer nuances that work, you know, that connect with hockey. So it's a you know a very similar sport, just the ball's in the air instead of on ice. Yeah, and I love how you segue to hockey too. Ah. Because that's what I'm going to close with. I'm going to close with a little hockey and then some UFC after because I know there was something we were talking on off air that I want to address on the show. But, hey, we're talking hockey. The playoffs are in full effect for the Stanley Cup. They're doing an amazing job. We're talking about how the NBA is doing. NHL has been doing a great yeah. job up there, You know too. who's not doing an amazing job? New York Rangers. Henrik Lundqvist. No. Definitely not. Which I mean, here's the thing to get into them. They're down 2 nothing <sighs> to the Hurricanes right now. Game uh, three is going to be going on tonight as we are recording. Eight. They, they did announce uh, Igor Shesterkin is finally cleared to play. He was ruled unfit, which they have not said why. I, so my hockey friend who's in the know told me that they 
are not releasing medical information right now due to the COVID crisis. All right. So they are trying to keep the player health um, on a need-to-know basis, basically. Yeah, which I, I fully get, but that was a little puzzling because... Also really frustrating. Yeah, well, it was very frustrating to watch because Chester can, should be the starting goalie. Sure. Henrik, hey, listen, Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Arguably the greatest goalie to never win a cup. Yeah, uh, he, he definitely looked at it. I mean, game one, I will say this. The Rangers came out and were hard-hitting now that first yeah, period. Yeah, they, they looked were, tough. They were dropping sloppy penalties, though. Very sloppy. That will happen. They couldn't get the offense going. I mean, kudos to Carolina. They, they also were, don't really have offense right now. With <laughs> They don't really have a lead goal scorer. Well, they right got now. Panarin, but they were really slowing yeah. him down. Like, they were, like, he couldn't get a shot off. And, uh, like, it was just very tough to watch. So, I mean, obviously, game one went to the Hurricanes 3-2. Game two was all hurricane second period. Henrik had so many people in front of him that he couldn't stop nothing. And there was a couple goals that Henrik in his prime would never let gone in. Well, this is not Henrik in his prime. Right. So <laughs> so it's do or die. Rangers got to win the next three if they're going to do it. Uh, if Igor is the shot that they need, I'm hoping. You know who's done that before? Been down 2-0 and one came back. Who? The Knicks. Yes. So if it's in New York's blood. It's in the DNA of New Yorkers to do this. The shirt doesn't lie. No quit in New York. So well, I'm fully believing that. Let's hope not. Blue shirt, stand the puck up. Let's go. Uh, to go quickly around the rest of the playoffs, uh, Oilers and Blackhawks are tied 1-1. The Penguins and Canadians are tied at 1-1 as well. Uh, Carey Price had a great goal or a great day, game and goal there uh, on Monday night as they went to overtime, but... Montreal wind up pulling the win out. Uh, Nashville is tied up with Arizona. I still want to say Phoenix when I see the Coyotes up here. Mm, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's the same thing as the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver is down one nothing to Minnesota. The Islanders are up 2 nothing on Florida. Mm. What are you going to do? Mm. Columbus is up one nothing on Toronto, and the Flames and Jets are tied at one each. And in the round-robin top four, the Lightning and Flyers are tied in the East, and in the West, it's Colorado who pulled off the crazy game-ending goal against St. Louis with .001 on the clock mm. to get it in to secure the victory. Hey, if the puck leaves the stick. Yeah, it's a crazy thing if you yeah. haven't seen it on uh, video highlights. So definitely uh, Colorado and Vegas are tied at the top of that division. So much good hockey going on, so let's go Rangers. And definitely check out NHL.com for more information to get to start watching the Stanley Cup because it's some of the best playoffs you're ever going to see in sports. Yeah. To close out, though, i got to talk very quickly a little UFC recap. There was a fight night this weekend. The main event was Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. Shabazian was the big hype fighter, 11-0 coming in, and out of Ronda Rousey's camp, and got, dare I say, exposed a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Hype train got derailed. I, yeah. I for sure thought he was knocked out. Yeah. I mean, he he came out of that corner and was wobbly-legged. Yes, the second, the second round, it should have been stopped. Derek Brunson was on top and was laying in shots, and, <laughs> and Shabazian should the fight should have been stopped, and it wasn't. I, he just wasn't the same. You could tell. Like, I mean, all right, I guess in the heat of the moment, the referee wants to give the fighter the benefit of the doubt if they respond, but at the same time, like, I mean, I'm watching from my couch, and I'm like, this dude don't look right. Right. So it was definitely a good learning experience for Shabazian. I feel like we shit on the refs so much in the UFC. It's like lately well, they've been they've been. <laughs> what off. do we know? Yeah, but lately they've been off. Yeah, like I, I will say between the incident between Dan Hardy and uh, Herb Dean, and then this past one. I mean, it's something I understand they want to give fighters the benefit of the doubt, but in this case, Shabazian couldn't even stand. He couldn't, and that's what's crazy. Like he had to be helped back to his corner. Yeah. 
And so, that's never a good sign. No, and the fact that they let him come out of the corner for the beginning of the third and, was, I mean, was the, atrocious. Didn't the head judge, too, like the medical judge, come and look at him, too? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. nuts. And they, and they all kind of said, well, can you go? And, of course, he's going to say he can go. He wants to fight. He wants I mean, unless his corner man stands up and says no. Yeah, yeah which, but, they, which they should have, yeah. in my opinion. But, you know. He definitely wound up getting the loss, so it'll be a learning experience for him. Derek Brunson definitely was very excited about it. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with those two moving forward. And then this week, there is a UFC fight night before we get to UFC 252. Main event, Alexei Olenek against Derek Lewis. Oh, so that's why I saw the Derek Lewis compilation. Yeah, yeah. baby, let's go. Yeah, so those promos had me hyped. Yes, Derek Lewis all day. Also, included the, the compilation also included the greatest post-fight uh, interview of all time. Derek Lewis, my balls are hot. Yo, yeah. he looks in shape, too. Yeah, he he looked good in that interview. I mean, the training montage that they gave him I, made him look physical. It, it definitely looked like a different Derek Lewis than we've seen. Yep. Because usually Derek Lewis looks like he's <laughs> rolling Just out from somewhere, and, and he does not look like a UFC fighter per se, but he throws hands like nobody's business. Olenek, I, I just he could get a submission if he can get a takedown, but I'm saying Derek Lewis is going to wind up pulling this one out. And to close, we are going to talk very quickly about Conor McGregor, yeah, who made a very unique tweet that everybody thought I was talking to uh, our, our favorite fighter, Kismet. Uh, Speak for yourself, favorite fighter. Well, for Pat is his favorite fighter now because he wants him to go smash Conor. Hey. Yep. And the crazy story that came out was uh, Kismet um, threw out an open challenge. He wanted Masvidal, he wanted Usman, he wanted Conor. All at the same time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dana said, no, that's not happening. Conor tweeted out, I accept. That was on the July 30th. Right. Tantalizing. And then, teasing. And, then and, then and everyone, a, everyone goes, what the hell? You accept what? Yeah. So then you fast forward to 24 hours later, uh, he tweets something that at first glance looks like absolute gibberish. But if you're on Twitter and you notice it says translate tweet, you go, hmm. Uh, according to Google, it is translated from Tagalong uh, and it reads, I accept. Now, why is that important? It, it, it's important because it says translated from Tagalong by Google. Doing some uh, Googling and some research uh, based off a little hint or maybe some rumors you've been hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tagalong is one of the eight languages spoke down in the Philippines, uh, which happens to be where one Manny Pacquiao is a senator. Whoa. Thoughts on this, Coach? Well, I mean, I don't li- – I'm not I'm not thrilled about counter boxing. I know that it's a box office straw. And everything, but I want to see him in the octagon, especially you know after the fight that he just had with Cowboy, moving up a weight class. He looked good, mm-hmm. looked efficient. You know, I mean the new shoulder strike that he borrowed from John Jones, that you know everybody gave Connor for credit for. Um, I you know I want to see him fight again. I really you know as much as we talked about it, and I fear him fighting Mazival. Just the idea and the box office that that would be would have been tremendous. The shit talk that would have gone on. So while I am upset that, you know, it is going to be another boxing fight, I am excited to see the lead up because I love Conor. So I will support and do, you know, whatever he does, he does. But ultimately, I really wish to have seen him in the octagon one more time. Well, Dana said uh, publicly this week that he was not going to fight for the rest of 2020. Sure, and I, I, I know, but I mean, yeah. you just you take a year away, you know, and you saw what happened that oh, last yeah. time between you know boxing and then trying to come back for the for a UFC fight. So it's like that's just going to be another year of of retraining and all that stuff that's just going to take away from the MMA, you know, from his UFC career. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what perturbs me a little bit, you know, as a fan. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, him and Pacquiao would be tremendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pacquiao will dissect him, you know, I mean, so that will suck. But 
you know, it is what it is. You know, there was a point that uh, I was catching Mike Tyson's been doing a little interviews because he's returning to boxing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that card. But he was talking about Connor fighting, and he said, "You think about this: Connor went in there and won rounds against arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Sure, on very no, very little experience. But at the same time, how much was that of Mayweather kind of drawing and baiting? You know? Right. But he said he goes, he almost got him. So you could imagine if he actually put some more effort into this and and what he could do. Yeah. But when I when I heard that, and then I started hearing rumblings about there's talk that Pacquiao wants to box Connor. Connor is looking into that because he's not getting the Habib fight. No, nope. that is all, but basically been locked up that that fight's not going to happen. Sure, which so, is fine. I mean, because yeah. I, I want to see him up a weight class. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to see him at one. What would that be? One eighty. One seventy five. One seventy. One seventy. One seventy. One seventy. I want to see him at that because yeah. now he looks comfortable there. Yeah, and I think that there's fights that you can make there for him. Sure. I don't know who you want to put him against. I know that Chimaev is a, a name that they're throwing around, but like as much as I'm on board with the hype train for him. It's not happening. Right. For Connor, I'd love to see him against Colby Covington. I think that that would be a good fight. Sure. And if you want to talk ratings and trash talk. Right. It's right, right there. Right there. Yep. He's not getting Usman. He's not right away. Masvidal, maybe, question mark, if Dana wants to try pushing that. I mean, that BMF title's there. Connor said he wanted it. So yep. it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. But for whatever reason, Dana's not really on board with doing that fight. So that's what alludes to me that... He's going to be doing some boxing. We're going to have to watch and see, but that tweet was very telling that Connor is thinking that. So I guess it's up to Dana White. Are you going to give into Connor's demands, or is he going to be boxing the rest of the year? I don't care who he fights. I just want to see him get his ass knocked out. Wow. Just saying. I just don't know what he did to you, Pat. He's Pat. just an Irishman. Pat is fired up. So that being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH is out of Fair City Fire. What a segue. There are friends from Austin, Texas. Brian Wolf is doing a lot of things on his Instagram page on Friday for hashtag Fair City Fire Friday. So where do you find out about all this? OchoDuroParleyHour.com. You can go check the music of the show where you find out all the great bands that are on the show. You can go to the ODPH directory where you find friends of the show, organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter, voter registration, and all the amazing pod groups that we are in and their pod chaser list. So just go d- click on them, download, subscribe, rate, review. It is definitely appreciated. And there is so much more on OchoDuroParleyHour.com that you need to find if you are listening to the ODPH. That's all I got for this week. Shout out to Rich Ron and hashtag Big Nay Cool over at 8122 Productions. We're going to be on twitch.tv slash 607podcast this Thursday. So definitely tune in and check it out for Coach, your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and go lacrosse. For the one and only, Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. Uh, shout out to Gardner Minshew, quote of the week. Uh, when asked about testing for COVID-19, said, quote, I did not contract the virus. It took one look at me and ran the other way. Mic drop. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.